Welcome to Aspen Insight from the Aspen Institute. I'm Ben Berliner. Here's a fact that might surprise you. Around 40% of Americans in college today are enrolled in a community college. Community colleges serve as hubs for educational opportunity all across the country, with around 10 million students attending almost 1,100 schools. But they're also crucial to the American workforce and to the civic and economic health of surrounding areas. They're the place where people can climb the economic ladder and forge greater opportunity for themselves. Today, we're going to hear from the people who make these schools run. Eduardo Padron is president of Miami-Dade College in Florida, where he served since 1995. A refugee from Cuba, he himself is a product of the community college system. You yourself went to Miami-Dade. What was that experience like, and what did community college mean to you? Well, it means everything to me, and I, and I think that's why I'm so passionate about it, because if Miami-Dade had not opened the doors to me, I would not be today talking to you today. Uh, basically, I spent all my uh, part-time jobs, uh, savings, applying to some of the best colleges uh, in America, and they all rejected me. So I was found with no other options until someone told me there was this college that had recently opened that I should try and go there. And that was uh, at that time called Day County Junior College. So I went there and my life changed the minute I walked through the doors because I found the people uh, who embraced me, who gave me a sense of belonging and who in fact, uh, you know, allow me to develop self-confidence and self-esteem necessary to be able to uh, to do what I needed to do. And uh, that, I, I became a real convert uh, in that regard. And Miami-Dade, everything that I am, I owe to that institution. Miami-Dade College was just awarded the Aspen Prize for Community College Excellence. It's the nation's signature recognition of high achievement and performance among America's community colleges. The prize honors institutions with outstanding records of student learning, certificate and degree completion, employment, and high levels of access and success for minority and low-income students. Miami-Dade is one of the largest schools in the U.S. and is the gateway for many immigrants and first-generation students and families. Eduardo says its influence is felt throughout the area. It's an institution that has been uh, student-centric in every respect. And it's an institution that really cares about the students. There's hardly a household in Miami-Dade County that has not been touched by Miami-Dade College and uh, has been the door of opportunity for so many people. You call Miami-Dade College Democracy's College. What do you mean by that? Well, I don't think you can find a more democratic institution uh, in society today than, uh, than the community college. It's that open door to opportunity. In the 21st century knowledge economy, differently from as recent as 40, 50 years, when most Americans could go uh, and work in factories and offices and make a good wage uh, to be able for them to sustain their families, uh, buy a home, and and achieve the American dream, uh, that's no longer true in America today. Today, without a post-secondary credential, uh, you cannot really get the kind of jobs that will allow you to sustain and grow a family. And the community colleges is, is the one institution 
that regardless of race, uh, ethnicity, national origin, uh, gender, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, would allow you the opportunity uh, to be able to achieve uh, a higher education uh, uh, degree and, and the right credential to be able to get the good jobs that are being produced in our economy today. The other winner of this year's Aspen Prize, Indian River State College, is also in Florida. It's over 100 miles north of Miami-Dade in a more rural area called the Treasure Coast. Its location makes it harder for students to transfer out to four-year schools, so Indian River State created its own bachelor's programs. Under the school's president, Edwin Massey, the college has developed a pathway system with very specific curriculum tailored to the advanced manufacturing, energy, and agriculture in the area. The curriculum is oriented towards not just graduation, but the ultimate goal of a career. And by doing the pathways and the students seeing the time it's going to take, the courses they will take certain semesters, we introduce them very early into careers uh, and, and get them to do a lot of exploration on careers through student success courses and orientation that we do because we want them, and a part of the pathways is we want them to to begin with the end point in mind. Um, it's pretty much like a GPS in the car. Uh, you put in where you want to go, and then it tells you how to get there, and that's what the, the pathways map does, the courses that you have to take when you have to take them, the prerequisites, the cost that it's going to be involved, and the job is identified, or a series of jobs are identified that you will be ready to take if that is your choice to, to come out and go to work. Or we align it with the university or our own college because we offer 17 different baccalaureate uh, programs and align the curriculum early on to be sure they have the prerequisites necessary to transfer to a university or to uh, continue in our college. The approach taken by schools like Indian River State and Miami-Dade creates opportunity for social mobility for the students, while also letting them fill an important role in their communities, according to Josh Weiner. He's executive director of the Aspen Institute's College Excellence Program. And I think what these two colleges teach us is that the community part of community college is real, that community colleges in the best instances, are reflecting the work of their com that their community needs. They're developing the workers that employers need, and they're taking into account the needs of the students and the people who, um, who are working hard and can, can, where, where they can activate the talent, and they're enabling social mobility as well. So those twin goals of social mobility and talent development are exceptional at both Indian River and Miami-Dade. A very different challenge is creating a sense of community in a place like South Dakota, where it's sparsely populated and students have to travel even greater distances. In South Dakota, there's a need for skilled workers in all kinds of fields, from diesel technicians to nurses. Deb Shepard served as president of Lake Area Technical Institute, which won the Aspen Prize in 2017. She says at Lake Area Tech, most students are full-time on campus for 30 hours a week and enrolled in a specific program like welding or business as part of a cohort of other students. The singularly focused, hands-on curriculum gives students the chance to succeed regardless of academic background. And that's one reason why you can take students that maybe weren't highly successful in high school 
and they can come to a school like Lake Area Tech and they can be very successful because you're going to what they're good at and they learn it in the in the lecture and then they go right out into the lab and apply it immediately and those tactile learners the ones that learn by seeing it it's all integrated it happens the same day you're not waiting Deb tells me the individualization and time commitment fosters an environment where students can thrive. Our welding students are rock stars. Our dental assistant students are rock stars. They're not taking second seat to anybody who might be on an academic path to eventually become a lawyer. There's nothing wrong with that, but at Lake Area Tech, they don't have those distractions. Community colleges have started to shake up the educational status quo, according to Sandy Shugart. He's president of Valencia College in Orlando, Florida, the very first Aspen Prize winner. He compares what's going on to tech startups challenging established and entrenched industries. So I think community colleges are the classic example of Clayton Christensen's disruptive innovation. Remember, that's, that's the book that everybody quotes, but nobody's read. But essentially, his definition of a disruptive innovation is when someone discovers a very inexpensive way to do something that's been sort of costly. And initially, as it enters the marketplace, it doesn't really compete very well with the existing models. It mostly competes against non-consumption. But over time, they begin to improve the quality uh, incrementally and at some point it approximates the quality of the market dominators and because it's so much less expensive the value proposition is very attractive to people and they begin to take market share and the dominant players wake up one day and realize they're no longer dominant. I think that's what's happened in higher education over the past 35-40 years, um, almost 50 now really, uh, and community colleges were that disruptor but more importantly than, than disrupting economically, um, because they're able to compete on quality now, uh, they represent a magnificent opportunity for people who are systematically excluded by price, by bias, by selection, by all sorts of things from elite education to get a fair shake, to have a chance to equip themselves to compete uh, for their families and for their futures. and. Uh, If only community colleges can perform up to their potential, I think it could be revolutionary for society. We could restore the middle class. For that to happen, however, community colleges can't simply help students get ready for the workforce. They need to help them prepare for their entire careers. Getting a job isn't good enough. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, my life would be complete if I could be a sophomore at my local community college. Um, They wake up saying, I want a better life, I'd like this career, I want to be a nurse, I want to be a physician, I want to be a lawyer. And we just are a bridge, not a destination. Uh, So all those things still matter to us. Um, The the career placement issue for us is especially interesting because we dwell in an economy where jobs are easy to get, but uh, sustaining uh, livelihoods are not. Uh, So Orlando has the lowest average household income uh, of any of the major metropolitan areas in the United States. Uh, you can get a job here at $9 an hour. You can get two or three, and, and you're going to need them because you can't live on that. And uh, so we've spent the last decade or two trying to create a network of programs, both 
at the degree level and at the very short-term certificate level that move people as quickly as we can into sustaining careers that are able to sustain their families, that have uh, full-time work with an expectation of continuing work. So one of the problems with the gig economy is that people are out of work for months at a time unexpectedly, and that's when they tumble into trouble. Uh, So we want full-time work with benefits and with the opportunity to grow an income by moving up a ladder that's climbable now. Um, The problem with the ladder success is that there were two body lengths between the second rung and the third rung, and you you couldn't get there from the bottom. We've sort of added rungs to the ladder so that people really can climb uh, pretty high on a modest amount of training and education because we take advantage of the shortages in the labor market. Just the other day, I got a photograph of one of our students who has graduated from a six-week training program a year ago. She's now making $29 an hour. She was standing on top of a steel superstructure of a beautiful building in town where she'd been welding. Uh, she, she said, I'm making $29 an hour plus overtime. Um, she's one year out of graduation from a six-week program. And by the way, she finished that program a couple of weeks before she was released into work release from jail. Um, so there really are pathways, bridges to um, a, a life that, that can go somewhere. We just have to figure out how to engineer programs to fit that gap rather than forcing everybody to uh, attend the way our labor model likes to work. That was Sandy Shugart, president of Valencia College in Orlando. There seems to be something about Florida here. Seven community colleges have won the Aspen Prize so far, and four are from the Sunshine State. When I asked Josh, he suggested that it could be that the far distance between Florida colleges means less competition among them for student enrollment, which lets them focus on curriculum. It could also be statewide policy. If you finish an associate's degree in Florida, for example, you're guaranteed a slot at a four-year institution, which isn't the case at many other states. One other possibility? It's a simple one. Course numbers. If you take Calculus 101 at a community college in Florida, for example, it's also listed as Calculus 101 at a four-year college, so students can more easily transfer their credits. One of this year's Aspen Prize finalists was from another Florida school, Broward College. Rachel James went there, though it wasn't necessarily her original plan. Senior year... I thought I was going off to a huge school like um, University of Florida. That was my dream school. still is. And I realized that, one, my parents were sick, and so I needed to take care of the household. So I did. I worked two jobs during undergrad. And so I went to my local community college. And it wasn't – like, I didn't – feel bad about doing it because like I love my family and they've supported me throughout you know this whole time and so I feel like I, I wanted to give back and help them and so I did that and while I was at Broward I had the time of my life so and and made some great connections so in high school I had really high expectations that I was going off to school and a lot of my friends were doing the same so now looking back at it I feel like I don't have any student loans um, I was able to make great, you know, networking, and um, so I don't regret it at all. Rachel is one of my colleagues here at the Aspen Institute. After Broward, she transferred to a four-year school and later got a job with the College Excellence Program at the Institute. 
At the same time, she's also getting her master's degree in higher education. Her goal? She plans to become a community college president. A special thanks to Josh Weiner and Rachel James in the College Excellence Program. You can keep up with their latest work on Twitter at Aspen Higher Ed. And that's a wrap for this season of Aspen Insight. We'll be back in a few months to bring you more of the stories and work of my colleagues and others who are tackling some of the world's most complex challenges. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And let us know your thoughts using the hashtag Aspen Insight on Twitter. Aspen Insight is a production of the Aspen Institute. The Institute is a nonpartisan forum for values-based leadership in the exchange of ideas. I'm Ben Berliner signing off for now. Thanks for listening. Thank you.